Hello and welcome back to Polliver, a BMX podcast with Chris Doyle. My next guest is one of my favorite bike riders of all time, Christopher. To be honest, when I asked Chris to do an interview, I really didn't expect him to say yes. Therefore, I was super excited when he said that he'd be into it. Chris is extremely modest and he is very humble when it comes to his riding and the impact that he's had on BMX, the trail riding community in particular. Um, toward, the in, toward the end of the interview, Chris openly and honestly talks about some of his darker times and when he wasn't riding anymore and what was consuming him during those times and how he was able to clean himself up and eventually find his way back to riding. Uh, again, he was, you know, a hundred percent open and honest and I was uh, really appreciative of all that, uh, of him sharing his story. Now, also, during the course of the interview, I definitely fan out a few times on Chris, so uh, feel free to have a laugh at my expense with that stuff. Um, I'm really stoked with how this interview turned out. I'm really stoked that Chris was into doing an interview like this, and uh, I hope that you're stoked on it, too. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Christopher. Hello, ladies and gentlemen and boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I always uh, come out with these things. I'm like, oh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. And uh, I don't want to like, start all of them just like that, but I really appreciate you, you know, taking some time and, and being on this podcast, man. I appreciate you thinking of me to, to, to do it. <laughs> well, I think you don't put a lot of stuff on social media and... Uh, I think a lot of people like wonder like what Christopher's up to like, and uh, I will say when uh, when I first started this thing, I think I got hit up like two dozen times like, dude, you should do a Stoffer interview, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, that'd be cool, and like, you and I have known each other for a long time, but we've never necessarily been close, right? But uh, but I, I will say you've been heavily requested to do a podcast. Well, I'm honored. Yeah, man. I, again, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, where the hell are we right now? We're in Bucks County. Um, it's kind of almost dead center in between Philadelphia and Bethlehem. Okay. It's Th like if you go 45 minutes north, you'll be in Bethlehem, and 45 minutes south, you'll be in Philadelphia. We're that close to Philly right yeah, now? Yeah, we're pretty close. Okay. What's the name of this town? This is Bedminster. Bedminster. Okay. Shit. I, um... If you don't mind, I'm going to set the stage a little bit, but I'm like driving to your place here. And I, well, originally I was like, I'm going to Bethlehem. This is going to be sick. Like I haven't been to Bethlehem in a couple of years now. But um, when I Google mapped your place, I'm like, oh shit, I'm pretty far away from Bethlehem. And I roll up and like the drive here is like these beautiful green rolling hills and forests and stone houses and businesses and things like that. And I'm like, where the fuck am I going? Like, where does Christopher live right now? And I roll up to your place. And this isn't like a normal house. This is like an estate we're on right now. It's an estate, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and for the people listening, I roll up and, and Chris meets me at my truck. And he goes, oh, I didn't tell you. Like, three years ago, I won the lottery. I just bought this place. I'm like, holy shit. Like, and again, like, we're not like super close. I was like, is he fucking with me or what? Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to keep a straight face. I wish I could have kept it going a little longer. Just, you know, practice my acting, I guess. No, it was, you had me sold for, for like a brief second. Oh, man. I should have rolled with it a little longer. But this property, this originally belonged to, who did you say, Doug Folks? It's parents? Doug Folks' uh, aunt and uncle's property. It's, it's kind of like their like, vacation property. Okay. Okay. So what I, I just... Uh, pretty much take care of the property mow the lawn and just keep an eye on things out here and uh they have uh like a carriage house that i i live in okay so during you know they're they're usually never here maybe four times out of the year dude it's a rad setup like i wish like <laughs> again i wish uh people could see like we're looking over a, a beautiful creek and there's like just greenery all around us there's a pool house like this is tight yeah, this I'm, is... I'm lucky to be here i'm really am hell yeah Hell yeah. Well, I was, you know, I'm, I'm stoked on it. Like, it seems like a, a pretty good gig. I, I can't complain. Um, but are you originally from Bethlehem? Then? Originally from Bethlehem, yeah. Born okay. and raised. Really? Bethlehem, yeah. Okay. Um, 
now uh, I don't want like forgive me if I, I skip over anything too important that you want to talk about but like uh did you come up at Posh? Was that like your, your original set of trails or were there other trails that you came up at? There were other <clears throat> sets of trails, you know, like my, my friends and I, we build our own trails and I originally ended up at Posh because I, I'd skipped school one day to go down to our trails that, that we were, we were building. What was the name of your trails? They were called Riverside. Okay. And they were like, it was like this black dirt, super sandy, and you had to like just pedal as hard as you could to like clear a ten foot set of dog, like everything you had to like ride this place. And you know, we we knew it kind of sucked, but we like it was ours, so we just stuck with it. And did you you knew about Posh and you knew about we did. Nam? We, was Nam already Nam there? Nam I didn't know about at that point. Okay. It, Posh I did know about. Um, I knew about the original Posh because I, you know, I'd been to like contests down there. Okay. Like the two B contests and they had a contest. At yeah, Posh? they had two of them. Yeah, the two B con, two two B contests, and they were crazy. It was like you know, like I don't know, it was years and years ago. But I want to say like hundreds of people it crammed into the original Posh. Holy shit! And you know, I was like a, a little kid, and you'd, you'd go down there, and you know, you'd just like keep your mouth shut and right, just like watch everything that was going on, like really intimidated by like you know every you know it's just like first time i saw robbie morales was down there oh shit taj you know the first time i saw him was down there and was like whoa this is crazy wow and uh that place ended up getting uh plowed and then they started the new posh and you know like you'd hear about it and like as a kid you're like you're afraid to go down there yeah it's like folklore pretty much yeah they're yeah. gonna steal your bike like all this stuff <laughs> like just like stuff that people make up is really not the case and uh so back to like those trails I was talking about that we were building and skip school and uh, there was this guy down there like shaving like lips and we kind of like rolled in and we're like who's this dude down here like shaving our lips and I like, crept in a little more and it, it was it was Sal I was like oh my buddy that's 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 sales I got a picture of that dude on my wall like, yeah he was, he was doing a Superman <laughs> and I had another one of them doing a, a rail into like sand <laughs> and I was like that's Sal and I like I went up to him and I was like hey what's up and he was like what's up he was like these are trails and I was like yeah they're, they're our trails he's like I'm shaving these lips <laughs> too steep so we were like alright so he ended up like riding the, the trails with us and you know, he's like you, you, sh you should come to Posh and I was like, I'll go to Posh. And, uh, like, if I'm going with you, like, sure. Oh, yeah. You got your in. Yeah. So, you know, we rode there for a little bit, and then we rode over to Posh. It was like a bike ride away. Okay. And uh, we rode over to Posh, and yeah, everyone was hitting six on the hill at the time, which, which used to have a really low, long set of doubles. So, like, the, like that's how you got into it. It was, like, low, long... And I'd never seen anything like that before. I was like, dude, look at how far that jump is. <laughs> and Sal was like, you got it, you got it. And I was like, all right. And I like pedaled around this berm and just started like cranking at this, at this set of doubles and front wheel case the thing and snapped my forks off. Oh shit. <laughs> like forks snapped. Terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, dude, that's, that's my like first experience like at Posh. And like, you know, back then, like you just, you just like pop up from crashes like that. It was like, boop, popped up. And uh, Sal, you know, that was like before cell phones or anything. There was like a pizza shop. You had to go down to the pizza shop. Yeah. Like I had to call my grandmother to come pick me up because my, my bike was broken. <laughs> yeah, how are you going to get home? Yeah. So she had picked me up and uh, I, Sal had like felt bad about it. And he'd called Muller and he got me a new, a new pair of forks. No shit. So I got the, I put the, he like, I don't know, I think he might have came back down to Riverside and gave them to me. And he gave me the forks and he's like, you got to come back and like give it another whirl. And I was like, all right. And it, it wasn't like, I didn't go right back, but I ended up like going back and, just, you know, gave it another whirl, worked out a little better. And then from then on, I kind of just like, you, you know how you get into things, you just like, yeah just ended up 
being the place where I started to go all the time. Okay. Well, it's, God, it's funny to hear about Sal being encouraging or being like, well, A, he goes to your local spot and he starts shaving your lips. Yeah. Like, that's like, a, you don't go to someone else's spot and do well, that. You know, we've, I've, picked, I've picked up that bad habit with, with him. So we okay. used to go to Seb's. And like, we'd go to Seb's when those dudes are at like the races. <laughs> Sal would be shaving the lips a little no bit, shit. taking a little. He, he used to call himself the, the the phantom lip shaver, the phantom lip scraper. <laughs> and Dude. he would make shave sounds like, he'd, like he'd like walk into places and see a lip. Too Steve, you'd just make the sound. <laughs> it's like hilarious. No shit. Yeah. It's man, that's fucking crazy. I mean, I don't think trail politics are as extreme anymore. Right. But like. That seems to me like a huge no-no. I mean, maybe like in the late 90s, you would never roll up to someone else's spot and do right. that, but like... But who's gonna say anything to Sal? True, true. <laughs> you know? Dude, the first time I met Sal was when um, we came up, me, Corey Muth, Will Stroud, Ryan Barrett, we came up and we stayed at you guys' place. Because Muth is from Bethlehem, he knows everybody right. around here. And uh, we're staying at you guys' place. We didn't see you the night we arrived, and we didn't see Sal. Um, we wake up the next morning and Will is sitting in Sal's chair. Oh, the chair. <laughs> so, and uh, there's a fucking- TV re remote the tied remote to it? is duct taped to, uh, or there's like a, a makeshift rope yeah. out of duct tape. You have uh, a great memory. It's wow. connected to the chair. Well, it's, it gets real funny here in a second because Sal comes down the stairs and he's like, hey, what's up, Corey? What's, and he's like introducing himself. And he's like, hey, what's your name, man? And he points at Will. And Will's like, hey, man, my name's Will. Nice to meet you. He goes, my name's Sal. Hey, Will, get out of my chair. <laughs> yeah. And like almost like shook Will's hand and like pulled him out of the chair. Pretty much. Yeah. And like, I guess, and like later, like two days later or something, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, you don't fuck with nah, Sal's dude. chair. Nah, like I, I've almost, he's like already like almost wrung my neck over that chair. Oh, like shit. one time we had it, like we were, we were fucking with his chair and, uh, it had ended up in a bicycle union video of us fucking with his chair and he had seen the the video oh shit and it was like dude he was like you, you fucking with my chair with like fuck sal in your mind you know like he did not like that was his chair man that was his thing oh that's funny i'm glad i brought that up yeah. i could conjure up that memory i dude, i haven't thought of that in ages well in a uh that night, uh, the first night we got there, like I woke up in the middle of the night just to go to the bathroom, take a piss or something. And I'm coming back from the bathroom. And maybe I'm just making this up, I don't know, but there was a dude sitting in that chair. It wasn't Sal. This is like, you know, 3.30 in the morning or something. Right. Um, I'm like, hey, what's up? And he looks at me and goes, what's up? And then I went back to bed and I woke up in the morning and that, that dude was gone. But I don't know if, he, if somebody knew somebody that was like, you know, got partied out and just... It, it's quite possible, like, all those houses that I've lived in over the one you're talking about is the salt shack. The salt shack. They all had like an open door policy. Okay. Like, per, like to anyone, like any, any one of our friends or like <clears throat> any BMX BMXer for that matter. Like if we were friends with them or not, if you came to Bethlehem and you needed a place to stay, it was, it was all, uh, you're always welcome to stay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because now that I'm thinking about it, like when we showed up at the at your place, it was it was really late. It was it was dark, and um, I don't know who we talked to. I think we just walked in and got set up. That's pretty much how it went. Like, I mean, I've had friends that I've had for like 20, 27, 28 years on that policy. Like Ben Morgan just showed up at Posh one day, and he had no. They they were like, oh, we're just here. Like, where are you guys staying? Like, we don't know. We're just gonna. We'll figure it out and like just stay at our house and like all right and then from then on it's like we've been friends oh yeah ben with an n yeah Be ben beginner is that what they call him <laughs> i don't know what they i just know ben with an n um so did was there like a crew before like before the whole sal thing was it was there like a crew that you came up with that was like of dudes that um you know kind of stuck with that you kind of came that you started riding with that kind of progressed with, to like posh and nom with you or once you hit posh did you leave did you leave all the other dudes behind like i'm a posh guy now I, i'm not saying that in a sense that like well yes and no okay some of the some of the crew went and 
by that time we're already like getting into different things okay you know like it sounds like so cliche to say but like you know some of them were getting cars and like girls like yeah like yeah. all that and like not that the, there's anything wrong with that it's just those dudes are still my friends to this day yeah but like yeah I think that it was getting to the point where it was like fading out with some people and like sticking around with like others and I, I think I was one of the ones like it stuck with me and I, I kind of just stuck with the people that it was like sticking with okay so it was like almost like circumstantial like good timing that you were kind of graduating too posh right with all these other like dudes but at some point there was like some super duper heavy hitters that were like living in Bethlehem it was crazy like Joe Rich I mean I guess Joe's from this this area Joe Rich Taj uh, Lucky Butcher like the list goes Sandy Carson Sandy Sandy yeah. from Scotland Sandy to, lived with us in that salt shake yeah to, like it's funny to think that you know Sandy comes from Scotland and now he's living in Bethlehem right Pennsylvania. I mean there was even like other ones that 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 weren't like as known as those dudes that were also to me like just mind-blowing like like uh brian stimmel oh yeah the trail master oh dude he was like and it was like brian stimmel and keith gower dude gower lonergan jeff, jeff cron lonergan like those dudes were like I'd, I'd i'd see their riding in like the east coast destruction videos and like like that's how I want to ride. That's like how yeah. I want to end up riding. Dude, Gower, I, I tell people all the time, I think might be like the most like underrated trail rider of all He's time. Amazing. Dude, he was He's amazing. Um, I'll never forget reading a, a quote of his in Dig where he talks about like people that don't ride with their finger on the lever suck. Do you remember that? Quote? Or they, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have your finger on the lever, you don't ride or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw him a few years ago. They were doing the um, Genicor was doing that uh that tra mm -hmm. race and gower came out and i was tripping because I, I he was like one of the last guys that i'd yet to meet like i looked up to all those guys that you just mentioned and i'd never met keith gower before and i see him i'm like holy shit my mind's blown yeah um and people were like who's that and i'm like dude you don't know who keith gower is yeah. like that's fucking it's something else he's man. the dude um but did having all those heavy hitters have like a profound effect on you like it, absolutely in your riding yeah yeah i mean like back to like Keith Gower like it, just his style alone was like it, it, I'd, you tr I'd try to emulate it a little bit you know and you know over time you, you kind of like put your put your own like twist to it but li but really like you're I was emulating him well yeah I was riding you were young at that point you yeah. were like 15 16 years old yeah I, like all all those all those dudes like I Jeff Crona, I, I remember in an East Coast Destruction video, at the first posh, he, he's the first person I ever saw do back-to-back -back 360s in a rhythm section, okay. like ever in my life, and I, I don't, I can't even put my finger on what year it was, and I remember seeing that in that video, and I, I was just like, that is the fucking coolest thing I've yeah. ever seen. I hear people talk about Jeff Cron a lot. I, I like. Um, because obviously I, I grew up really like looking up to the Pennsylvania scene. I, I grew up down south, but I'd always hear people talk about Jeff Cron. And like, yeah, he was like one of the best dudes. He was like on par with like the Joe Rich, the Taj. Absolutely. Like he was like of that, that same breed that could just like destroy anything and right. everything. Um, but is, what's he up to? He's like a photographer now, isn't He's he? He's a photographer. I don't, I, I never really knew Jeff. Okay. I just knew his riding and I... The, the times that I would go to the original posh, like for those contests, or whatever is, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd see him there. Okay. Like, and I, you know, I was, you know, starstruck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're a kid like that and it's just like, whoa. Yeah. These are the guys that are killing your, your local scene. Like Absolutely. just ruling. Yeah. Um, which and I was thought it was funny. Like Bethlehem at, at that point started to become like the epicenter of all things badass and bmx it, it really was and when i was like like really getting into it like you, i remember going to like the grocery store with my mom when they had like the newsstand in the grocery store yeah and uh like you know you'd always pick up like a bmx plus and like 
page through it. I remember paging through a BMX Plus and it was like, like three dudes from Bethlehem on like, in like, in the magazine. Like, I think it was like Griffin. Um, I think Sal had a picture. I forget who else. It, I think Stimmel might have had a picture in it, but it was Todd Lyons doing a backflip and Stimmel's head in the background in <laughs> California. I was like, oh, that's that Brian Stimmel dude. Yeah. It's like, so even then you're like, dude, he's out, like, out there in California? Like, yeah. To say that it w- wasn't like influential it would just be a crock of shit. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, shit, you never know. Like, some people, like, no, nah, dude, we were on our own shit. Like, no. me and my crew had our own shit. But, like, how could you not be motivated by, like, that scene in your, like, at arm's length? Like, that's... Yeah, um, absolutely. But, so, like, so you're, you're riding posh. There's heavy hitters, like, in, in your... You're, you probably have having sessions with some of these guys, like, pretty regularly. Um, did, uh, was that... Like, how'd the whole Hoffman thing start to work out that <clears throat> that happened through Taj I you know what I, I I was like I bet that was like had something to do with Taj he had gotten a flash frame and he was testing it and uh, he had asked me if I wanted to test one out and I was like well sure yeah like Taj asks you to test a bike from from Hoffman you say yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like absolutely and uh like, you know, like you hear when people ask you that kind of stuff, like, kind of think, like, oh, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And sure enough, dude, he had, like, called me up and was like, yeah, the bike's here. At, it was at the Superdome. It, like, got shipped to the Superdome. And he was like, the bike's here. You should come pick it up. And, like, I, I picked it up, and I loved it. So I ended up I ended up riding it, and uh, I, I ended up getting, like, some coverage on it and stuff. And I think... I I I had ended up on Hoffman. Somehow well, or I I remember the first time I saw footage of you was um, like I never really saw a lot of the East Coast Destruction videos, but I did. There was a um, there were these two videos that came out, Shallow. Oh yeah. And Shallow Two. Bob Usley videos, yeah. And I don't know how I got my hands on these videos, but I watched them religiously. I don't remember if you had a lot of clips in them or not, or any clips. I had like a split part with a friend. Okay. It was like to a judge song. Okay. I well, I the I remember seeing footage of you. There was a jam at Baker's Acres, and I had no idea who you were, but you're on. You I think you were already on the Hoffman Flash, and I'm like, who's this dude? I thought you were like an upstate New York local, and uh, but like right away you could tell like, whoa, this dude fucking rips. He's on a Hoffman Flash, like. All my friends were on standards at the time, um, or like S and M's or something like that. So it was like kind of crazy to see someone ripping on a Hoffman trail frame. Just maybe because like Hoffman, you, you just well, associate yeah. with like vert and freestyle I and things like that. The same thing. So like, so eventually, were you like on the pro team, or was it like just a flow deal well, for a long time? It was like flow for a long time, and well. Maybe like a year, and then Crandall had was just starting FBM, and he had called me up and was like, "Hey, he actually came down to Bethlehem. He was living in Ithaca at the time, and he was like, "Do you want to ride for for FBM? I'm gonna have my own bikes, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And he like showed me like the like the blueprint of the bike, like all the geometry and everything, and I was like, "Yeah, like I think." I'm not exactly... It might have been an angel of death. Was that the first one? Uh, I don't remember exactly. I'm not exactly sure which one was. But uh, I was like, yeah, sure. And then, uh, cause, you know, because nothing was, I was... It was never really set in stone where I was with Hoffman. Right. Like, they, they'd hook me up and were, like, you know, appreciative of it and, and everything, of course. And uh, But then Crandall asked me, and I was like, yeah, you know, that might be something I could, like, grow with, you know? And uh, that was... I was like on a, like a Thursday night, and I think Crandall had left to go somewhere the next day, and um, that next day I get a call from Steve Swope, and he was like, "Oh, we want to fly out to Virginia Beach for an X Games qualifier." Yeah, and I was like, "Dude, I just like 
told Crandall I'm gonna ride for him. Like, what do I like? Now I'm getting like that's of course that's how it would like work out. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, what do I do? And uh, I was like, dude, there's no cell phones or anything at that time. And I was like calling, trying to call Crandall like, like every five minutes, and he was like out, he was like on some trip or something, and like I wanted to like tell him what was like you know I I what I was gonna do I was like obviously I was gonna like stick with Hoffman because yeah. it's like you're a kid and like oh we want to fly to Virginia for a contest like all right so I wanted to get a hold of Crandall and like tell him before he like found out about it or I'd just like end up in Virginia and he'd end up there too and I you know yeah and I ended up getting a hold of him and I I told him like the whole story and he was like dude that's fine like I I can I understand yeah and I think Crandall has enough respect for Hoffman that he wouldn't like get pissed about something like that right but um not in like I guess we're gonna go back again but I mean obviously you're ripping hard enough to where people want to start giving you some product here and there even if it's just like Taj like hey let's test out this frame right um that must have been towards the end of Hoffman's or, I'm sorry the the end of Taj's stay it on was Hoffman. it was close okay it was I yeah, it was pretty close. Because, I mean, things... To the end. Think, people are starting to notice, like, who Christopher is at this point, obviously. Um, but then I think... And this is, like, what... To me and my friends, anyways, East Coast kids, Anthem fucking comes out. You have a part. And it's like, holy shit, that dude... Because I, I think I saw the, uh, the... Your footage and props before. And I'd seen, like, a... a like I said, I, I'd, I'd probably seen you ride and like you were in uh, Lights Out as well, but you had like one little clip right. um, doing the 360 in the train. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was Stimmel and Joe. Running some huge shorts. Of course. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then like Home of the Brave comes out and I'm like, holy shit, there's that dude. He's on the Hoffman. Did like, it, it, I guess looking back on it now, like Anthem was such a huge video. Like, people to this day it's like their bible and like having a part in that like what did, like what did something like that mean it, it meant a lot <laughs> that seems like kind of a cheesy way to ask the question but like uh, i i think back like man if i was like a few years older maybe i could have been an anthem uh, it's 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 crazy to to like try to like figure out well, what what it me it means it like basic it 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 got the ball rolling for my whole BMX like career if you if you will like that's that's how important it was like it got like that helped me go travel the country travel the world like that was the that's what opened the door to that's, that just and, threw the gas on the flame like it was like let's do it like I was um. I was talking with my buddy Ryan, Ryan Hoey. I don't know if you know him or not. Do you know him? It sounds familiar. He's from New York, uh, trail guy, um, kind of underground. He's actually a New York City police officer. But um, Ryan, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know him. Yeah, of him, course. Him and I were like, you were at Swamp Fest uh, two years ago. And uh, he's like, dude, there's Stoffer over there. I'm like, yeah, man, Stoffer's fucking right there. Like, that's awesome. And uh, he goes, check this out. And he, like, flicks his brake lever. I'm like... What's that? He's like, dude, he flicks his brake lever again. He's like, at the beginning of Stauffer's section in Anthem, he goes, Ksh! and then he yells, middle. And I'm like, wow, you're a bigger nerd than I am. <laughs> and uh, I just think it's funny because, like I said, people, people look at that video and that part as like some sort of like seminal event in their lives. Like, and I always wondered like what people like in the video thought about it. It, it helped open a lot of doors for me. Okay. You're clearly very modest about it. Um, but yeah, I, I actually just, uh, with Stu's permission, I just like uh, uploaded that onto my YouTube, which okay. I have not released yet. Like it's just kind of in a private cool. setting. Thank you. Yeah, man, of course. Um, but I will say like you riding the Hoffman Flash, I have to, like, so you had like, uh, you start getting like, you're in the little devil video seek and destroy and then like you have that part in uh what was that ride video role models role models yeah um and anytime you see stoffer footage it's like it's kind of like a special deal like you came to that uh south park event oh, yeah. uh, you right you made finals there and it's like 
I remember, um, I have to think for a second, like, I bet there was a spike in Hoffman Flash sales during that time. And it'd be interesting to know if that's true or not. Because I know for a fact, like, Mike Aiken wrote a Hoffman Flash. I'm like, Dave Young wrote one. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't, did Dave Young ride it because Christopher wrote it? No, I'm just saying that that bike was an, like, it wasn't a race bike. That bike was, like, pretty, like, pretty, pretty durable bike for a race bike so. well mike aiken rote a hoffman flash and i was like oh really why he's like dude stoffer is my favorite rider so like to think like you're influencing the guys that went on to influence that's a trip man. thousands of kids and again like i know like you're super modest and like humble but like i'm the one that's like yeah man you're, the, you're. this is like an hour-long interview of me just fanning <laughs> out on christopher but uh I, I shouldn't just pigeonhole this whole thing to like to trails because you're a pretty good street rider park rider as well uh, I've seen the rails like you've done some uh, I was watching one of the ECD videos and you do like the manual down a rail not really like a manual but it's like a donk yeah <laughs> but I mean not a lot of dudes were like really messing with that stuff yeah I just like I just like would want like diversity in the part you know like I'd tr- always try to muster up some kind of street thing to throw in there okay but I, yeah that's what I'd always just try to well I can maybe get this done on just kind of round out the part a little yeah, bit better exactly okay um, something I have to do um, that if I don't do it the hardcores are gonna destroy me okay we have to talk about tabletops okay <laughs> um, so let's talk about tabletops what, what, what do you want to <laughs> know let's, well, let's do it when there's a handful of tricks that I think say a lot about who a person is as a rider. And I don't even want to call them tricks because they're just like, like the way you do a tabletop says a lot about who you are as a rider. The way you do like an X up says a lot about who you are as a rider, as the individual rider, like, or a turn down even some might say. Um, but people will say like you have the best tabletop of all time. And yeah, you're shaking your head, but like. There's some good ones out there. Yeah, dude. I'm sure you have to see it like every couple months someone puts out a thing like who's got the best tabletop right. and then like people go back and forth like on what a tabletop is what an invert is sure, yeah. but your name is like and it's always by like the hardcore dudes like no Stoffer has the best fucking tabletop if you don't think so get fucked thanks dudes <laughs> so um when you were learned like is it something you learned or was it something that just like started happening like you start doing a tabletop here and there exactly like yeah it's just it just started out like, you know, tabes, tabes, and then like, I don't know, they kind of, they kind of just like, I just kind of figured them out. I don't know. Like, it, but you know, I think I, I think the ones that people see, I get really lucky on. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, you know, sometimes the ones like ones that get, um, What's the word for it? Like recognition? Not recognition or like the ones that get like captured in like a picture or like in a video. Like I think I get lucky on some of them because you don't see the ones that go bad. <laughs> okay. Like those ones are like, they almost make you want to put the bike down for a day. Okay. Like they just feel so awful. And like, oh my God. Like that wasn't like you just want to like, me, I just like want to like, all right, <laughs> put the bike down for a minute because they go. I don't know, you just, I end up like gyrating in some crazy fucking Well, you would like snap the table so hard, it almost makes it better that they weren't, it doesn't sound like they were as consistent, but like you would snap the table so hard that like the bike almost looked like it was quivering. That's what I mean by like, I get lucky on the ones that people see. Those are like, because they're not consistent, like they're not consistent like that. Okay. But you were doing like, it's easy to do a good tabletop over a hip. Yeah. But you were like cranking those things on straight sets, which is, as any rider knows, like it's a lot harder to like lace a good tabletop on a straight set. Right. I think the one thing I did that I can say that I, I ended up figuring out was to like wait a little bit. Okay. Like after I, after I'd take off the lip, I'd like wait, like kind of wait till I kind of peeked out and then. 
and then just Tape, fucking and then wrench like, it. Kind of like hold it. Okay. Well, yeah, the, the whole fold it and hold it thing yeah. was, I, I always thought was like super rad. But it's like, yeah, it's it's hard to describe, right? Like, cause it you, is. It's not like you like set out to learn it. You just started doing right. it. Right. It's like if someone likes is teaching me how to ride. It's like I don't fucking know what to tell you. But again, what I think <laughs> I think your table. I think each individual rider's table or their X up like says a lot about the rider that they are. Yeah. So that only goes to show like the type of rider that that you and were. And time period. Yeah. True. True. Like, who's got who? In your opinion, has like the best tabletop? You have an awesome one. Um, Jeff Slaughterly has an awesome one. Yeah, Slattery. Um, Inman has an awesome one. And like you know, they're the dudes that are ending up, like on those lists too. Yeah. Which is like, that's why they're there because they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Mike yeah. Mike McCafferty so, had an awesome one. Who's that? Mike McCafferty. MCM. MCM. Okay. He had an awesome tabletop. Yeah. He would do them like that, like crank them, and they'd like shake. I was watching like uh, some ECD footage of you guys at Posh from like back in the day. And it's like, I think you guys are hitting maybe like the fence line. And then it's like pedal, 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 go around a super like non-existent turn. Yeah, non-existent berm. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then there's, yeah. a, there's a trick set. And you guys are just like yeah. firing out tricks. Like, yeah, yeah. But I remember it, like you, you did a couple things that were kind of loose, but then you did the tabletop and it was like, whoa, that's the stuff for tabletop. So it kind of seems like it was something that was just always there that just kind of like... Yeah, it was, it was probably one of the first tricks I learned. Okay. It was one of the first things. Okay. I hope I didn't make you feel too uncomfortable with no, that. No, not okay. at all. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the hardcores would have, like, been bummed if I didn't ask you about, like, tabletops. And you had a solid X up, too. Like, nice. I was, like, dude, like, crank 275, like, wrench table. And they were, like, you'd, you'd go to the left, which, like, I think is a right-footed if you're right foot forward usually turn your bars to the right but you would always like crank them to the left I always yeah. thought it was bad it makes the 360 X up look way sicker yeah you gotta go into it yeah like you and Bennett did that like I always thought that looked way way sick again like I'm not trying to fan out too much but uh yeah that's that's the deal but like alright well we got the tabletop talk over right. I was really nervous about that nah um and I, I, I don't want to make this uncomfortable or anything, but, like, I remember the Dig article coming out. Straight Edge right. is the issue. Right. You had an interview in there. Yep. Um, a, a lot of dudes that uh, are not Straight Edge anymore. But, like, you seemed, like, pretty hardcore. Like, like hardcore music, hardcore Straight Edge. Right. Um, but then I remember, like, some years passed, and they're like, Stoffer's I went been, away. <laughs> Stoffer's oh, been partying pretty hard. Yeah. And I'm not like, and I, in no way am I like calling you out, but like you ask a, how you must have been like 17, 18, 19, possibly in that interview. Like you're not really tempted by the same things that, you know, a lot of grown ass men are. You're still a kid. Right. Um, but eventually it was party time. Yeah. And what was like curiosity or just, Take a few sips. That's literally how it started. Like, well, I drank before I was straight edge. Okay. But it was like, like high school stuff, you know, like drinking a 40 here and there and whatever. And me and my buddy, we went to a, to a straight edge hardcore show. We went to see this band, uh, Blindside. And dude, it was, we were just like, this is fucking awesome. Like, you know, then we, we got like really into hardcore and like you know, I could, let's go let's let's be straight edge and uh we end we ended up we, we were straight edge forever and that's you know when that that article came out and like you know we were totally into all the music still into most of it um even when I, I wasn't like straight edge um if that made any sense and then yeah back to how it yeah it started with just like literally like sips because I like I knew I liked beer and I remembered it from when I like was in high school before I was straight edge because I remember like when I was like me and that dude we were like straight edge and I remember like some nights everyone would be like going out drinking like getting 40s and I'd be like dude let's just get like 40s tonight 
Like we won't we don't have to like tell anyone. Oh shit. <laughs> you know, like it's gonna let's I feel like drinking forty. And he'd be like, no, and then I'd be like, alright. So I like I dodged that bullet. But then like as I got older and like kinda stopped like giving a shit about it, you know, I'd I'd like sip on beers and then one night I was just like, dude, I'm I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna get a six pack tonight. And you know, you get a six pack and then you know, then then you're all over the place. <laughs> For me anyway. Yeah. It it just like took off from there. Okay. But and yeah, it got kinda of messy for a minute. It did. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but even still, like I remember coming out to, to Bethlehem and like, yeah, dudes were partying super hard. Right. But at the same time, like, you were still ripping pretty hard too. Yeah. Like it was, I was like still riding in a and again, I was I was still young, yeah. So it doesn't it it doesn't really catch up to you when when you're young, and uh, towards the you know maybe a, a year or two into it, I it definitely started taking a toll on like my oh, riding and like, only after a year, year two. Okay, I can't really put my finger on it, but it no it you know noticeably. Okay. Well, there was um. Just like motivation-wise in general. Well, there was a, a like a little promo video. Uh, I forget who put it out, um, but there was all these sections. There was like a shutter speed section. There was a dead memory section, which we'll get to dead memory in a second. And there was like a DGC, but like you had footage in that, and the footage was sick. Um, but there was also footage you like passed out with your toenails painted or something. Right. Like, um, so yeah, it seemed like you were still like ripping and and probably like i don't know what kind of sponsor obligation you had but you're probably still fulfilling whatever kind of obligations you had which what were some of your sponsors like when did the hoffman thing end the hoff i, I was that's a tough one i don't know how long it was i was like maybe on hoffman for three years okay and then uh ian had started federal and like at the time uh Dean was coming to the United States a bunch and I was like really good friends with Dean and like Boyley and those dudes and uh, that kind of just like felt like where I, I needed to be. Ian offered it to me and I, right. I took it. Dude, I totally, f- I'm doing a bad job as an interview. I forgot that you ride for, rode for Federal for a, a little right. bit. Federal, you rode for Duff's for a second, Duff's, is that right? Yeah. I, you hadn't, uh, like you were in like the team ad, like maybe right. the original team, right? Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Now it's all coming back to me, my, my right. scoffer knowledge. But uh, talk about Dead Memory a little bit, because Dead Memory was dope. Was that your thing? Yeah. Okay. I was always unclear if it was you or Timmy or, or, or whoever else. No, it started out with me. I, I just wanted to start a clothing company. I always had like ideas for shirts and like designs and stuff. And uh, I made two designs and I got like a run of shirts made of each design and like I had in my mind like who I like I wanted to like start a team which was basically my friends yeah it was like Kyle Keck Dan Pours Timmy Martin Doug I hope I'm not forgetting anyone but yeah that was like the original and Murph and And, and that was like the original (laughs) team and then those guys were all I like threw the idea at them and those guys were all like down with it so I want to backtrack a second the how did I the company wasn't going to be called Dead Memory okay it was just going to be called Memory okay because like I always thought that it was like cool that like somehow or another at like trails and riding like say at like Posh or Caddy there's like a hundred jumps you know what to do on every one of those jumps like pull up on this jump suck up that jump you know like manual this like somehow or another you end up mem- like you know what to do on every one of those like you know it's in your memory yeah I was like I want to call it memory and I was like running this over to Doug like when I was like kind of like seeing like you guys want to be on the team I was like I want to call it memory and Doug's like brutally honest was like dude that's like stupid <laughs> like what do you mean and like he was like just like kind of like listen to it listen to like what memory and I was like yeah it's stupid and we were sitting in a pizza shop, and uh, at the time it was like early 2000s, I think, like 2002, something like that. Okay. And like everything was like, 
in BMX like shirts and clothing was like skulls and like like scary yeah. and I was like dude let's call it dead memory just like kind of like a joke yeah and uh Doug was like yeah that's it dead memory oh wow that's an and awesome that's, backstory that's how it that's how dead memory like the name came because people ask me all the time like how'd that name come up and I tell them but I don't think like many people know sometimes I google it and it'll, now it's like Grateful Dead, uh, like homages pages and stuff, <laughs> like dead memory. Oh, like, wow. Oh, no. It's Holy like shit. Grateful Dead thing. Well, I, I remember some of the shirts were dope. I was actually flipping through Instagram a few days ago, and I, there was a, a dude, I can't remember who it was, but he's wearing a dead memory shirt. So that shit still pops up from time to time. Like, but you haven't printed anything a long time, no, right? No, okay. I, I, no, nothing. Okay. Sometimes I think about like maybe just like making a run of something. Um, it's funny when you go to like somewhere like Swamp Fest, because it seems like like people will like kind of bring something back just for like Swamp Fest. Like, oh, I made like you know twenty shirts. So I, w- I wanted to see if they sell, and they right. all sell. Dude, don't tell me that. Like, <laughs> pe- <laughs> well, people have like people get nostalgic. Like, the more time that passes from the time that you did something. Like people just, again, they look back on it like some seminal moment in their lives. Right. Like, I want a fucking dead memory shirt because Stoffer was about that. And like, so yeah, just make a limited run. I <laughs> see, see what happens. And then I don't want to leave Murph out of this because the, then Murph, I eventually asked Murph to do dead memory with me. Okay. And it, it was, and that's when it like, we really start to, to make stuff because he was like, I was into like the designing stuff and he was like really good at like uh like making sure like orders went out and like you know people were paying us like that dude knew every penny of every single thing where it was going like like he was more resourceful yeah absolutely okay yeah he was like super good at it and it was always like good to do something like that with someone else yeah yeah and like i don't know if you put out a bad shirt you say that's the one you liked you know, like, yeah. the actual person to point the finger at. Dude, Murphy was, uh, maybe he's not called Murphy, but Murph. Murph was sick. He was. Like, Murph was one of the first guys that, like, I, I think him and Muth were pretty tight. Yeah, so, like, Muth used to go to, to, to Nam all the time. Um, but God, I totally forgot about Murph. He was sick, too. He was good on a bike. Mm-hmm. You guys had a very similar style, actually. In fact, um, there was that uh, video that I think, I think it was Kyle Keck put out. Um, I think it was the shutter speed video and there was a trail section to uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday mm-hmm. by you too and like uh, you both you and Murph uh, had clips in there but, and you guys are like doing a train I was like man they look like they have a very similar style and uh, but of course you had the starring role in that you had like the the ender part Damn. of that uh, of that section which was dope and that but that was like during those those party years yeah um, which I was like, oh man, Stoffer's like, he can, he's partying and he's still riding super good. Like, that's rad. Like, good for him. But, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's more going on behind the scenes. Absolutely. And if you don't mind, since you mentioned this name, since you mentioned Murph, it got me thinking of like other names from like that ECD area. Was there a dude named Mock? Oh yeah, Mock 6. Mock 6. I was hoping you could clear up this rumor for me that I heard uh, years ago that it was that Mock 6 had these trails where he would build a lip and he would ghost ride his bike off the lip and wherever his bike landed, that's where that's he built true, the landing. Yeah. That's true? That's true. Holy shit, that's He gnarly. built the first posh. No shit. Yeah, he was like the originator of the, the first posh. Wow, Mach 6. What's he up to now? I, I went on some, like, I do some like long distance riding. Okay. And uh, I've, I've been on some long distance rides with him and he's he's just been like doing that he likes to like hike and okay shit like that outdoorsman yeah type of thing yeah wow that's funny like i'd, I'd wondered for years if that story was true like it's true like being at the trails and like thinking about this kind of legendary guy out east that would like just okay i'm gonna ghost ride my bike off the lip wherever the bike lands that's where we build the landing that's, yeah i mean i guess it kind of makes sense right it's fucking gnarly <laughs> but i can ghost ride a bike that's a lot, true sometimes further yeah, than you can jump that's, it that's true um Anyways, we'll get back to I just that's that just popped in my head real quick. Um, eventually, you leave Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and it seemed like, I mean, Bethlehem was obviously different than from when like you know Joe and Todd, like all those and Stu Johnson, even like everyone moves yeah. to to Texas. Yeah. But, but you guys still have a good thing going on in Bethlehem. Yeah. But 
I was really surprised when you moved to Philly because to me you're like Mr. Bethlehem yeah I, I, yeah and I just I just wanted to get out of there I guess if you lived here born and raised your whole life you want to go try living somewhere else yeah and that's kind of when I like I was like dwindling off of, of riding okay and like you know started like drinking and stuff more okay and like like I would come back to Beth- Bethlehem every once in a while and like ride posh yeah but it it wasn't really like it wasn't riding it wasn't like to my full like like what I wanted how I want to ride like capability yeah and uh yeah that's 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 where I ended up in Philly like what were you doing in Philly like job wise I was bartending in Philly well I started out bar backing and then I ended up becoming a bartender and then you know I just like got wrapped into like bartender life like okay you know you go to work at like four and then you know you work till two I'd start drinking at like 11 at work and you sit there till like five in the morning and then you go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again oh shit so yeah that's kind of where i like lost track and you know no one's fault but my own but right did did you develop like a a pretty strong addiction to alcohol you think i'd say so yeah well you said uh previous come up with every excuse under the sun okay i didn't but now i look back on it like yeah okay did like we had talked before we started recording but you're like saying how like you know, you'd go a couple of days without drinking and you're like, oh, I got this under control. And then you would just start kind of going off on that same cycle again. Of oh, like, yeah. Yeah, it's like, that was like the motivation factor to drink more. <laughs> it's like, oh, you got under control. You took two days off. Like, you don't do this all the time. But then I'd go for like, I don't know, fucking weeks. <laughs> weeks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Like, I'm just getting like one or two beers or is it like trashed? Trashed. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's gnarly. Um, and at this point, you like all, had almost completely stopped riding. Yeah, I wouldn't even consider myself a bike rider. Did you even have a bike at that point? I, I think I might have. I, I can't even remember. Okay. I, yeah, I don't. I, I might have had one with probably tons of dust all over it. I don't know. Okay. Definitely I, didn't ride it. Okay. The last time uh, I was talking to my friend, I was like, oh, I'm going out to Bethlehem, quote unquote, Bethlehem, to, to record an interview with Stoffer. And he's like, oh, the last time I saw Stoffer was at a bar in Philly. He was bartending. So he must have seen you in there. But like, yeah, because there was like five years where I didn't hear the name Chris Stoffer. But then I saw you um, maybe two years ago. Was it two years ago? At the wheel mill. Right. I saw you out there. And uh, I was like, just kind of briefly catching up. And I was like, oh, are you still out in Philly? And you said, you'd mentioned you'd move back to this area. And um, I was like, oh, so what, what was up with Philly? And you're like, I was just fucked up all the time. <laughs> yeah. Was it like, was it just like straight alcohol or were you like into other things? Just as well? alcohol. Yeah. I never, I never really got into drugs. Yeah. Just alcohol. But like, I mean, alcohol to me was just as like, there's, you know, in, in Philly, you see, you know, everything under the sun, you know, you see fucking crackheads and junkies and like you'd, I'd see him be like this fucking look at this fucking junkie dude but if I'd like if I could step out of myself and look at myself I'd be no no different right it's just I'm choosing alcohol and they choose dope yeah it's like it's that, the same fucking I was just the same piece of shit wow um in all honesty well shit <laughs> I, I appreciate you being honest like by no means do I want to sound like like I'm like the victim because I, I chose all that shit. I put it all on myself. Well, some people might argue that it's like a genetic thing. Like, uh, I've, I've had friends that uh, have been alcoholics, are alcoholics. Yeah. And they kind of come from like a, a, like, you can see like in their family history. Like, dad was an alcoholic. Yeah. Uncles were alcoholics. Was it anything like that? or was Yeah, it just... I had that. And I knew that. And I still did it anyway. So really? It's like, it's like a... It's it's all it's all it was all on me. Yeah. Well, it seems like you own it. Like like you said, you don't blame yeah, anyone you, but yourself. Yeah, you cannot. Well, was there like? Well, first of all, how long have you been sober now? Uh, like, I'm coming up on three years. Three years. December will be three years. Wow! Congratulations. Thanks. Was there like? Was there like one 
pivotal moment or was there like a series of moments? I always knew that I had to stop. Okay. And uh, I was, my, my buddy, one of my best friends who I, I would drink with all the time had quit. Okay. Me and him, we went out like drinking and, you know, he had like a rough night and he woke up and he was like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm done. And I was like, all right. But then in like deep down inside, I was like, oh man, like who am I going to drink with now? Yeah. You lose your drinking. Buddy. Yeah. But like, I was like, whatever, that's fine. And we had ended up like still like doing stuff. Like we ended up getting like, you know, cross bikes and like, like doing like long distance rides and stuff. So that's what I, I was doing with him when, you know, he wasn't drinking. And, um, I had went to a basketball game with Sal in Philly. And I, I think I had like 200 bucks in my pocket. I didn't even have a bad experience. Like I didn't like piss myself or like get thrown in jail or like get into a fight or anything. I just like, I had like 200 bucks in my pocket. I went to the basketball game, came back passed out woke up in the morning didn't have anything to show for it 200 bucks was gone Mm -hmm. i felt like shit and i had tons of anxiety and i was like god dude i don't even fucking like like this like i i i I don't know why i do this and i'm like like the kind of person that does stuff that they don't like to do and sal was like quit and i was like all right Wow. And that was it. I was like, that's it. All right, then. Fuck it. I'm done. Once again, Sal comes in. <laughs> Saves the day. <laughs> Saves the day. Yeah, like, voice of reason. Holy shit. I would never give Sal, like... Oh, dude, that guy's full of, uh, like, dude, he's, he's, a, he's a lifesaver in many yeah. ways, man. It sounds like he's got a lot of heart. He does, dude. Like, he's one of the biggest hearts out there, man. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing to know. Because obviously the sound that I know and the sound that you know are totally different. I, I come in like he's on the weekends. He's a teddy bear. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a teddy bear. Wow, that's great. He's like, like he's got this persona, but he's a good, he's like a good dude. Is he still down in Philly? Yeah, he's a teacher down there. A teacher of? History. For like high school? Yeah, high school. No like shit. Eleventh and twelfth graders. I was just with him last night, actually. So. Wow. Yeah, he was down. Well, yeah, you said you're like halfway between here and. Yeah. Philly and, and Bethlehem. So. Uh, you get sober. So you're three years sober now. Mm-hmm. That's fucking dope. And, you, and it didn't take like AA or anything like that. No. Just doing it all on your own. Well, of course, with Sal, yeah. as your guardian angel. And, and Dan. And then another one of my friends, it was, it was like the three dudes that I drank with the most had all quit. Like my buddy Pores was first. I was second and my buddy Eric was like, then he slowly behind was like, fuck it, I'm done too. Really? And like he owns his own business now, like during the time of him quitting drinking. And I think he's coming up on two years. He, he's like doing fucking great, man. He's like got his own business and all this shit yeah that's sick uh so that made it easier to have like the three dudes i drank with the most all quit and like we all still hang out yeah it seems like you have a ton like you had a ton of support right so yeah you're that's sick man we still go to bars really i was at a bar last night yeah just hanging out yeah just hanging out like i mean being in a place where i can drink doesn't really like people say how do you do it how can you like be here not like I can get drunk wherever I want. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, if I want to, I can just go buy a case of beer and sit here on this porch and be, and, like, drink. Yeah. And be content. Like, that's, the, I can't say that, like, I miss it sometimes. I miss how, like, content I could be drinking. Like, oh, yeah. If I didn't have anything to do, like. Especially out here, man. This is. Sit here and drink all day. This is peaceful. <laughs> um, but, so, when did you, when did you moving back here have anything to do with like I need to get out of this lifestyle I need to get out of this uh, this this place and when I I was still drinking when I moved back here but it wasn't to the extent as it was in Philly okay but when I did drink it it was a it was a lot enough to to where I finally had enough yeah but moving back here like definitely like slowed it slowed it down a little didn't stop it by any means but like slowed it down and then eventually i you know was that's enough yeah fuck now do you still uh do you still ride at all 
Yeah. I actually, I ride more now than I, I think I've had in like, during the last five years of my, my riding before I stopped riding altogether, I think I ride more now than I did then. Okay. If that makes any sense. It probably means a little bit more to you now. It does. It's, it's, it's way more fun. Yeah. So I don't feel like shit when I do it. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I don't know. It's just like, it's, I don't know. It's just, I found a new, like, I don't know. Like a new appreciation. New appreciation for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I, I always think like BMX is like, it might've come easy to you at one point, but I mean, for the most part, it's hard to like achieve the skill level that you achieved, um, on a bike. And therefore I think, you know, I hate that. I hate when people don't utilize the skill that they've, they've, they've achieved, especially like with your grace and your style on a bike. Like it'd be a shame if you weren't riding anymore. Thanks. But, yeah. I mean, it's a waste. Yeah. Uh, I have friends, uh, people that we both know, and I'm not going to call anyone out, but like they never ride anymore. I'm like, dude, you spent like an entire lifetime getting up to this skill level. Like not everyone can do this. This is kind of like a special thing. Like it'd be a shame for you not to be doing this. Ah, whatever. It's just something I did. Like, I'm like, wow. And and you know what? Whatever. It's a different mentality, but that's life, right? And I mean, I think if you, you know, at at the point where I'm at, like I'm not trying to like do anything that anyone's doing now you know what i mean it's just too fucking crazy and i'm too old (laughs) like it's like it's like i just like appreciate that and watch it and just stick to what i know how to do and like enjoy it dude all you have to do if you go to any event around the world i'm sure you lace a nice tabletop people will be like fuck yeah i saw i saw stopper as long as it's one of the ones i get lucky on (laughs) that's funny see me do a bad one like that dude start drinking again (laughs) (laughs) well i know how it goes like I've like tried to shoot a photo before of I don't know fill in the blank on the trick. Yep. And like say it's like a a turn down. Like I've had times where I'm like oh and right. I get caught up in my bars. And That's everything. exactly how it feels. You just get stuck in some awful position. But again, that kind of makes it cooler that it wasn't as consistent. Like it, I don't know. Like that uh, that almost to me makes it a little bit more badass. Right. Because now everything like dudes have the craziest shit Dude, so consistent. I just saw something on Instagram where this this fucking dude flipped his bike like was off the bike and it was away from him and the bike did a flip it's jay tui yeah dude this fucking guy was off his bike 95 percent of the time yeah in the air yeah from point a to point b it's funny he's got that so dialed too <laughs> holy shit he did at a contest recently he did that he like flips the bike catches it and does a tail whip like a <laughs> yeah, late i saw that one too um that's funny, like, dude, Tui, the dude that does that trick, like, he would go to Posh, like, I don't think he's ever been to Posh, but if he went to Posh, he would do nothing but, like, kickouts, a couple 360s. He's got this dope style, but he knows that tricks pay the bills. But so. see, I'd want to see him do that there, though. Like, <laughs> I'd like, dude, we see the kickouts all the time. Let's see the fuck, let's see the bike flip, dude. Let's see it. Dude, that'd be sick. Like, I love all that stuff. I love how, like, you know, I don't know. People can hate on it for what they, you know, whatever they, you know, I'm sure there's people that, you know, oh, people hate, of people course. Hate, yeah. But I love it, dude. I, I think it's fucking, that'd be sick. That's an, uh, crazy. I would love to see the bike flip on the butcher jump. Dude, bring him down, dude. <laughs> I'd love to see it too. He would love it. Like if you said like, Hey, can we see a bike flip? He'd be like, Oh mate, I just, he's Australian. He's like, I just want to kind of flow. You know, I'm, I'm here <laughs> right. at Posh, but like, I'm sure if you, uh, I remember going to like Posh in, uh, in Nam and I didn't want to do any tricks because I thought like I'd get like hated on. Yeah. But I remember. But everyone's probably yelling, like, come on, dude. dude let's see the double truck. 360 whip. Yeah. At, at the last Nam jam, uh, Timmy Martin walks by me and he's got a chair. He's like, hey, Doyle, I'm going to go set this chair up somewhere. What's, what's your like, what's your trick set? Right. I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. And he's like, how about that one? I, I don't remember any of the lines. I names. remember that. And he went and he, I, I did a 360 over one set. And then I went back up to the top and I come back down. He's got his chair set up right by the landing. He's like, all right, let's see it, Doyle. Yeah. Like, it's almost like he had a moto board, like what, what tricks he wanted to see. Right. Um, but, dude, I'm fucking stoked that, like, it seems like you're doing really good. Um, you got some pretty badass digs out here. Like, um, what are you doing for work nowadays? I, uh, I work for a company that they it's like townhouses. This is like a townhouse development. So 
There's like 270 houses. And when the people move out of the houses, I get them ready for like new people to move in. Okay. Just like whatever damage is done to the house, like you fix it up and okay. get it all good to go for new people to move. Is it in. like a rental community then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I work with Dan Pores. He works with me. Okay. Dan Pores is dope. Oh, he's the man. Um, I kind of fanned out on him when you guys came to the wheel mill too. I'm like, holy shit, that's Dan Pores. I have this image in my head of him doing this gap. The to manual. Dude. He told me that you brought that up and he was like, dude, I can't believe Doyle remembered that. He's like, I didn't even remember that. Dude, that was heavy. That he's, was, he's no joke, man. If you released that clip today, it would still, still stick. hold sure. a lot of water. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, shit, is there like any, any other kind of like lifestyle changes that are like helping you kind of like stay on the straight and narrow? Or is it just like just, riding bikes? Just working? riding yeah. and working. And, you know, like I said, the, the, we do some long distance riding, like, like on like gravel bikes or whatever, like, you know, camp out rides and stuff. Yeah. Well, like, dude, you live in the... I, 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 driving in, like, there was a lot of people on road bikes that I saw riding. Like, yeah. it's a good area for Yeah, it. it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, we've done that. You know, we rode to Philadelphia a couple of times, rode to New York, and camp out on the way, and just, like, just stuff like that. Camping, I, any kind of camping I'm, I love doing. Hell yeah. I could set up a tent in your backyard. Good. I'd, I'd be stoked. It's like, been done. It's sick. Um, well, that's, like, that's the end of my notes. Like, you see my... My notes of Stoffer right here. There they are. That was all I all I had. Um, anything else you want to touch on? Are you... I don't know. I, I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> I'm good, dude. I'm I'm super stoked and feel like I've learned a lot. All right. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much, man. Thank I, you, Chris. I appreciate I it. Appreciate it. I really do.